Hello, everyone. This is Brian Marina with Good Dog Workshop, your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with a dog's nature, not against it. In short, we'll teach you how to speak dog. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, Thanks, everyone. Today, I wanted to talk about how we train small dogs differently, but we shouldn't. How people do, not How not people we. do, not we. Yeah. But how people train small dogs differently or maybe don't even train them at all because of their size. And just about anybody will say, oh, well, small dogs are always, you know, pulling on leash, barking all the time, yappy, blah, blah, blah. Um, and lots of people say, I don't like small dogs because they're this. Right. But they don't have to be. I mean, we have Eeyore sitting over here in the corner right now. Sleepy little beagle. And... Um, He's certainly not that reactive image you see on the end of a leash or that little purse dog that goes whenever yeah. you get near its owner. So it's really how small dog people treat their dog, not how small dogs are naturally. Absolutely. And I wanted to go over that a little bit because it's sort of been topical for um, my appointments lately. Um, so just recently, actually yesterday... I worked with a toy Bichon poodle named Nico. Mm, okay. And Nico was just a fine dog with a fine temperament. But the reason I was called was because of reactivity on leash and lunging and barking. And people always say, he's acting like he's going to kill them. Well, no, he's either excited or insecure. It's probably one of those. Um, it's very rarely aggression. And and while you while you said that there, let me interrupt real quick and say, that's the kind of stuff that I listen for when I'm talking to clients on on the phone. Is mm -hmm. my dog is aggressive, or he's horribly aggressive, or he's going to kill someone, or we're afraid, or we're scared? Any of those sentences, phrases, those really tell me where the people's mindset is, and that yeah. kind of that, that's kind of where we start. Is okay, the people are perceiving it one way. But we don't know who the who the dog is, so that you know could be could be the dog feeding off the people, or it could be that the dog um, is is this problematic, or this excited, or or actually aggressive, or it could just be that like I read in your report yesterday, the dog is fine, the people were just or one person was completely blowing it out of control, which is which is often the case with these little guys. Right. Um, so I. They suspected that the reason he's like this on leash is because one day he left the yard or um, the garage and ran up to a husky and was horribly mauled. Oh. Um, that was a long time ago, but they they see it as the reason right. for his leash reactivity. So flash forward to me walking through the front door and I just see this kind of happy-go-lucky he just looks like a toy poodle okay. um happy-go-lucky little poodle thing and he's got crazy zoomies he runs down the stairs busts through the uh baby gate this is an eight pound dog okay. and he's running around all excited and I step into him because I want to correct him for jumping on me. And so he's like, okay. And he runs around all excited without jumping on me. Just like little John. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I was like, all right, let's move this upstairs. And he continues to be kind of excited. And then the second he runs out of energy and plops down on the ground, I pet him, which is what he wanted the whole time. Yeah. And he's like, oh. 
And so this little dog figured out really quickly, right. laying down at my feet was how he got attention from so, me. So what were the owners, what were their reactions to all of they this? They were laughing at him. <laughs> okay. Thinking he's really cute, mm-hmm. thinking that, um, it, isn't it so funny that he does this? And then in the same sentence, they talk about how frustrating it is when he does it when he sees another dog. And I said, do you see how confusing that is yeah. for the poor thing? You know, both of those are... are socialization how he greets you when you come home how he greets your guests that that's why should he do anything different on leash for you i said so it's cute until it's not right right but he doesn't know the difference no not only does he does he not know the difference but he started to auto sit for me dog doesn't know a single command right he um brought out a toy to chew on and i started playing with him with it and so he would go and pick it back up he was so smart and so hungry for that structure that he wasn't getting right and so as quickly as he was changing his behavior i was like this dog is just a blank slate he doesn't know what anybody wants from Mm -hmm. him and so i started to try to figure out why and essentially they come home or especially um the wife comes home and Oh my God, Nico! I've be, you've begun so I've begun so long. Oh, I'm so happy to see you. And wow. that's a moment where we think it's cute. And then when he's barking, carrying on because he sees a dog or a person outside, it's Nico, knock it off! Right, right, right. You know, it's the same thing in a different tone, right? Mm-hmm. And I sort of explained to them that I felt that was the problem before they admitted it to yeah. me. She was like, "Have you been here?" <laughs> I was like, no, it's just, you know, no offense, but this is what people do with their little dog. Yeah. And it got me to thinking because I I worked on thresholds with the dog inside. I worked on my own personal space. I worked on um, getting him to accept the leash and harness calmly. And then they're also walking him on a retractable leash, which we're probably the only two trainers on earth that like that tool. Yeah. But... I think of it as a step two. Right. So the example I gave is your 13-year-old daughter doesn't drive. When she's 15, she'll drive with you in the passenger seat. And then when she's 16, she'll drive alone because you have taught her the parameters within where, where she's allowed to operate. You right. taught her enough to give her some freedom. But she doesn't drive right now because she doesn't know anything. Same with Nico here. So um, that was just another way that they weren't providing any guidelines for the little thing. Right. Uh, And he's a two-year-old dog. Um, So I put him on a fixed leash. I claim the threshold. I introduce him to five dogs, and not once does he react. Right. And it could have been a combination of things. It could have been the heat. It could have been the fact that each of these five dogs is incredibly calm, balanced, and well-socialized. But I contribute it greatly to being on that fixed leash and having the threshold claimed. Someone else is driving, and he's more than happy to sit shotgun. Yeah. Okay. Right? I also think that that one experience where the poor thing was mauled had more of an effect on the wife than it did on... The dog. The dog. And so she walks him with that nervous energy. And she's... Her energy is loud. I don't know how else to explain it. It's okay. like the volume jacked up yeah. on a song. Um, so it, it's just going, going, going in the background for this little guy all the time. 
but it's not feeding him any information that he can do anything with. Yeah, there's no there's no structure to it. There's just there's just volume. There's just power. Yep. Yeah, without any direction. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So my thought was, man, if he weren't an eight pound dog, if he mm-hmm. were a sixty five pound dog and maybe they had taught him a boundary or two, he never would have been bald. So the, it, it's kind of chicken before egg. It's like, no, he's not dog reactive because he got mauled. He was dog reactive. Right. And then he got mauled. Yeah. Because he didn't understand the parameters of his property or how, or when it's appropriate to go and approach another dog or, and when it's not. Yeah, or how to approach another dog. That he did perfectly. But, but with the Husky, we don't know what that was like. Correct. Because if he got loose and they panicked... They probably, with their voices, they added a whole lot of energy, excited him more. And so however he was going to approach a dog, he made it worse. Yeah. Because of them likely adding energy. So. So Nico is the reason I wanted to do this podcast because, unfortunately, I wasn't called before he got attacked and had to go to an emergency room. Yeah. But when when you train your dog, small, medium, large, you can protect them and prevent these things from happening to them because you you give them guidelines that they can operate within um and nico was such a cool dog underneath all that and so ready for that instruction i felt it was a shame and not messed up because of that Mm -mm, of that one really really traumatic experience which is super cool no he sniffed eeyore he um you're you're, for our listeners you're talking about our dogs our our dogs okay uh he sniffed eeyore our, our beagle he um did a nice little circle with Sasha and was playful with Sasha. He um, backed away from Callie because of how close she gets, but I corrected her. <laughs> and then they were fine. Mm-hmm. And then he walked with his tail up to Sailor, and as soon as his nose touched Sailor's nose, his tail went down. <laughs> <laughs> so he can – and I know that they dog park him. Oh, It's oh, the okay. leash. Interesting. It's the barrier of the window. Now, do you, like do you also get the, the impression that these people don't like walking? Because if, if they No, go they, out, they still walk them. Okay. But twice do they a day. like it or do they not like it? I still walk my dogs twice a day. I don't like it. Oh, I don't go out with the best attitude when I'm walking dogs. Um, they didn't. Uh, at least the husband seemed to not mind walking him. Okay. They I, love their dog. Because I, I wonder if she just, you know, she grabs that leash and she goes into panic mode versus she gets him in the car and, you know, off leash at the dog park, different mode for I get her. the sense that he takes him to the dog park. Ah, okay. So. so the, she puts out a lot of nervous energy. Yeah, so this is, this is part partly an issue of the less she does, the better the dog can, can move forward. Uh, She was... She listened and she was able to to walk him in front of me. Okay. But she seemed to think it was a magic trick or something. <laughs> and I promised her it wasn't. But for our listeners, when it you is. see... Oh, it, no. Oh, oh. <laughs> Shh. Don't look behind the curtain. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, when you see that little dog on the end of the leash or in the purse or someone's carrying a mm-hmm. chihuahua and you get close to him, it goes... <laughs> it's not the dog. I had one of the best fosters of my life was my first foster and she was a chawini and boy did she at everything (laughs) um but i liked that about her her and sailor were the same age at the time they were about nine months old except he was 55 pounds and she was like 15 pounds (laughs) and the first time i ever introduced them off leash in my backyard 
she was running around and he was like i'll run with you and he tripped over her and she went <laughs> and she jumped up to his shoulder and bit him <laughs> and he was like whoa lady and then they were friends <laughs> so betty um was a little black chihuahua which is a chihuahua dachshund and she had no idea she was a small dog absolutely none. i wish i had met this dog she was the best um she was given up because she lived in a pack of dogs on somebody's property and she was killing their chickens. <laughs> this dog was not the size of a chicken. It was so funny. So she was given up and um, she was a really nice first foster for, for me. I remember letting her out into the backyard and there would be robins oh, yeah. and uh, she'd run after them. And I watched her jump maybe three feet in the air. I know that that sounds like an exaggeration, but it was crazy. I watched her jump into the air, catch a robin midair, and land, and just start going at it. I was like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> but she was totally friendly with people. She was friendly with other dogs. She was just bossy. Yeah. But that was her temperament, not her breed. So really. so you said she was, she was the best. She was the best first foster for you. Why is that? Because she uh, wasn't really a rehabilitation case for me. I was just um, teaching her kind of some normal boundaries and working on socialization the way I would a puppy I just got, right? Okay. Um, whereas a lot of my other fosters after that were rehabilitation cases for fear or fear aggression or resource guarding, things like that. Okay. She so was, she was, I don't want to say normal because she was extraordinary, but, <laughs> um, but you, Training her was normal. Yeah, you didn't have to do a whole lot of work with her. No. Because I, um, I, I was probably training her and Sailor at the same time. Commands, oh, yeah, that, boundaries. That, that certainly makes it easier. But I think, I think one of the, I'm guessing one of the issues why, why you liked her so much is because, number one, she makes you laugh. Yeah. Okay, so she was comical. She was entertaining. But also, um, she actually was a good teacher for you. Taught you all sorts of stuff about a dog that was different. That's right. Than other dogs. Because I didn't like small... I was one of those, I hate small yep. dog people. And then when I fostered her, I loved small... I was yeah. like, if a small dog could be like this, I want one. Right. Yeah. I would own her again. Yeah. Um, But I talk about her because she didn't know how small she was. She, she, could, do, she could do anything he could do. Right. She jumped up and caught balls in the air. She would launch and dive into the pool mm -hmm. she'd swim around and look like a freaking otter it was awesome <laughs> and she apparently could boss around dogs that were five six times her size and had no problem with it yep and when she did so she never got attacked or mauled or anything because she had that high level of confidence that told them from the beginning i'm in charge of you end of story oh yeah i watched her pull toys out of his mouth and <laughs> she'd play tug with him and he'd be like flinging her around and she'd be like <laughs> she never never drop the toy yeah she was she was great and and for me that's one of the great lessons that that we can learn from dogs is you know don't don't worry about about you know your your size your height or your weight or the deepness of your voice or anything you know it it all comes down to confidence yep and how you how you greet that other creature whether it's a dog or you know a cat or another person what whatever it is that that confidence is is paramount in setting the tone for how things are going to go yep attitude is everything yep. for these guys yep and wow. that's so important too um we get lots of people i can't tell you how many times i hear well mm. i'm 120 pounds and this dog is stronger than me i'm like sure stronger than me too want to see right 
right? And just channel Betty energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can boss around a dog that's any size. And and so so a couple other dogs that you uh, that you worked with at that at that same place, um, Doodle and Pepe can and Wiley and Wiley. Wiley, I always forget him. I cannot forget. Are him. they are they comparable to to Betty in that that confidence played a played a major role in kind of defining. Just because I'm little doesn't mean I, I'm, you know, I'm not powerful. Or... Doodle was, and unfortunately spent 10 years of his life bossing people around that yes. way. Uh, Pepe was more, Pepe and Wiley were more insecure. Okay. Um, I remember, remember Wiley a little bit more than, than Pepe from that, from that standpoint. But, but, but Wiley, Doodle. Wiley was one of my actual fosters. Okay. And lived with me and Sailor. He picked a fight with Sailor once. And um, Sailor just touch corrected him. Yeah, and he he was done. But and that was the end, that was the end of that. And he didn't challenge him anymore. Yeah. Okay. Whereas whereas Doodle, who also was very willing to you know to be physical and and put his teeth on mm-hmm. on all of us in yep. in one point or another, we wouldn't call him insecure. Not at all. Yeah, he was very secure. He just didn't want to be handled, and he didn't want to be handled. He didn't respect anybody. Yeah, that's the that's the funny thing. A dog who doesn't respect anyone. But that's the thing. Nobody ever made him. <laughs> yeah, and and that's and that's kind of kind of, I guess the second or, or or third time we we met had a conversation was around, okay, everyone put the big gloves on and pick Doodle up and show him that you're not afraid of him. What is that podcast called? You talk about it in a podcast. Oh. Uh, that's it's a, one you did with Carlos. That's a question regarding memory, right? Oh, right. Memory. Okay. Yeah. We, Sorry, we'll, I haven't. I won't, won't be able to, yeah, I won't be able to accomplish that today. Anyway, that's another podcast. Um, I do want to talk about, and I've probably mentioned him on a podcast before, but I don't think I said his name. I and I bring up this appointment with almost every small dog owner I talk to. I worked with two dogs, Pluto and Oliver. Okay. Oliver looked almost exactly like Nico. He was an apricot toy poodle. And Pluto was an English cream and golden. Okay. And Pluto must have been a year or so. So we have this 80-pound golden retriever, and I um, I walk in, and he won't come out of the crate. Hmm. And so they're going in to help him get out of the crate. And I said, no, he'll come out on his own. Like, he can come and get to know me when he's ready. Yeah. And I'm starting to put some pieces together. And so I'm wondering what the problem is. And I was called because he wouldn't walk on a leash or something like that. Okay. And I told them that they need to be walking a dog that that size and breed. Um, of course. He wouldn't walk outside of the house. I was like, okay. Well, while I'm there, he finally sor- sort of launches himself out of his crate Almost like you would kind of quickly jump off of a diving board to okay. get it over with. Yeah, yeah. And then he comes into the living room, and they're like, he's 80 pounds. He won't get up on the furniture. I'm like, well, do you want him on the furniture? And they were like, yeah. You know, Oliver's allowed on the furniture. And Oliver is acting like a nut. Yeah. No boundaries. And how know. old is he? Is he still a puppy? No. He was an adult, five okay. or six. But no boundaries. He's jumping on people. He's stealing stuff like just wasn't taught any manners so they pick up pluto and put him on the couch and then to get he won't come down again like kind of uh bouncing between his two front feet 
trying to work himself up to jump off that yeah. diving board. And they're saying the issue is he, he does the same thing at the threshold of the house. And so I'm talking to the wife and she is saying, I've never trained a big dog before. They got him as a puppy. Mm. I've always had small dogs. And I was like, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I just don't know the difference. I said, there is no difference. Said, oh, and I went, oh, my God. And ding, I said, ding, wait ding. a second. Right. That's what what happened. Because yeah. they were like, he's got an anxiety disorder, blah, 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 blah. blah. And I, I said, you created a psychological barrier because you carried that puppy yeah. everywhere. And you still do. And uh -huh. he's 80 pounds. Yeah. What did you do? The dog didn't believe he could do anything right. because no one ever let him. Mm -hmm. We were carrying him in and out of the crate. We were carrying him outside to the front door. We were p picking wow. him up to put him on and off the furniture. And he got bigger and bigger and bigger and didn't believe he could do any of it himself. It still haunts me. Yeah. It blows my freaking mind. A and so I... I said to a client recently, I was telling her this story. She's got Daisy, a, uh, I'm going to say this so wrong, Coton de Tulia. Yeah, okay, the little white fluffy dog. little white fluffy dog, yeah. right? I said, your dog can do hard things. Make her do mm, hard things. Right. Right? Make her walk. Uh, she's probably only going to be 10 pounds. She can walk across the floor. Right. She can walk outside. She can walk herself in her own crate. She can do this, this, this. She's capable of all of it. Make your dog do hard things. I don't care what size they are. Because what we're doing to little dogs is what they did to Pluto. We just don't think about it the same way because Pluto's 80 pounds and who's going to pick up that dog? Yeah. But these little dogs that have these psychological barriers, they have to live with that. Right. Even though we're like, oh, I'll just pick you up. Oh, my God. Can you imagine not being able to do anything for yourself. Yeah, I mean, not, not letting your dog be a dog. Yeah. And I, I t to me, that comes back to small things are cute and fragile and helpless. And mm -hmm. so people instantly think, I need to go in and help this dog or do this for it. No, I, we're not asking a, a toy poodle to jump over a 12-foot wall after the, um, the Schutzen trained uh, Belgian, Belgian Malinois. Malinois. We're, or we're, Dutch Shepherd. Yeah, we're, we're, we're just saying... Be, be a dog. Do dog be, stuff. Do dog stuff. Yeah, race around the yard, jump up onto the, the running board of the catch car. Catch a ball and then, and in then the, into the air, into the car. catch yep. a robin straight out of the yeah. sky, kill a chicken, you know, dog stuff. Yeah, we, 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 don't, we don't train for that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, just, just let them be a normal dog instead of instead of baby them and treat them like this this soft, innocent thing that that will, you know, be forever damaged if yeah. its feet touch the ground. You know, uh, it, yeah. It drives me crazy to see all these people... And I don't see it so, too much any anymore around here, but uh, forever on the on the greenway here in town, the the bike path, I would see these ladies pushing strollers. I'm no. like, oh, oh, wait a minute, there's a dog in there, and they would have these tiny little dogs that are just yip yip yipping the whole time because they've never been allowed to Unless to be a dog. Unless your dog is a thousand, please don't put it in a stroller. Yeah, wow. Unless your dog is a thousand years old. Please don't put it. Yeah, or, or has, has, you know, spine issues or hip issues or something like that. Yeah, just let your let your dog be a dog. They will be happier. They will be more normal. And you know what? That's probably going to help you as well. Right. To have that good relationship. I completely forgot about this appointment until just now. So I don't have the name of the dog, but it was a, um, a pack of three female dogs. And the one they were saying just developed this issue walking across 
the floor. Mm. So she, kind of like Pluto, right. runs from carpet to carpet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And I was explaining, okay, you're going to, so leave the room. You're going to have to play a little bit of chicken with her. And I, I told her, I was like, I've seen this before in an 80-pound golden mm-hmm. retriever. You created a psychological barrier for your dog. She can't put it down. Yeah. You know, you can't put it down. Not nice. You bleeped yourself. I did that. bleep cool. myself. I really couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I was so frustrated because, again, this dog has to live this way. Um, and I said, you're going to leave the room without her. She will come and find you. She right. wants to be with you. And it's that's the thing that... You shouldn't have to argue with that sentence. You're going to leave the room without her, and she will come and find you, and you will praise her. And I always say, reward bravery. Yeah, and uh, she reward and, bravery, and she will she will become braver, more courageous, independent. But you know who that's harder for? Yeah, the person. Uh-huh. I have to leave the room without my dog. Uh, yes, two minutes. She will come find you. Yeah. Well, she's just going to run right to another carpet. Don't be on a carpet. Right. Or remove the carpets. Yeah. Yeah, she will. Well, what if my dog loves carpets more than my dog loves me? Yeah, there's that. That's a a whole different issue, though. (laughs) But but all I'm saying is, reward bravery. Your dog can do hard things. Like, they want to be with you. Right. They're motivated. Don't, Don't do everything for them to where they don't believe that they can do anything because it creates fear. This is true for people, too. Yeah, yeah. Fear and insecurity. It, it, it really, really does not allow them to to learn on their own, make mistakes on their own, and then grow from those from those mistakes and those learning experiences. So, wow, what a shame. But whether you have a large dog or a small dog, you should be setting boundaries, guiding them through the world, teaching them the structure, helping them to know how to approach a dog. Giving them lots of exercise, even on blistering hot and humid days like today. Mm-hmm. They still need exercise. Yeah, just being being a good leader to them, giving them the, all the all the structure and, and discipline that that they need, not that we want to give. We have to be a little unselfish. No, we have to be very unselfish in this in this regard, and, yeah. and and give the dogs what they need, which is a lot of structure and then a lot of a lot of boundaries on what they can do and what they can't do. And then pretty much, you know, pretty soon they could become autonomous like uh, like kids do. You yeah, know, they can do it on their own because we've trained them well. Right. Um, yeah, but to, but to have you know big dogs and small dogs together, that's a that's a that's a cool thing, and that's why I always like to have a small dog in my pack. Oh yeah. To to help help you know people sh- see it's no different. I want my big dog to know it's no different. Right. Right. Um. Last one. I have a client who has a greyhound, and uh, her name is Mabel, mm. and um, I remember this with isotope to my former greyhound mix yeah when i would work with a small fluffy white thing yeah. um yeah. yeah yeah i would pick it up claim it from her and make her sniff it because i swear to god that dog was nearsighted <laughs> no she was farsighted right, right, right. she couldn't see anything right in front of her face yeah. but she could see uh the tiniest twitch of grass off in a distance that means a bunny um, or something small to chase around a track yes yes that makes perfect sense for that breed so i'd make her smell the small dog and she'd be like, she'd look at me like, oh, it's a dog. I'm like, I know. Right. Have at, have at it. Um, not the same as creating a psychological barrier for your small dog, but my client, I don't think she'll mind. Emma, talking to you. Emma has uh, this idea in her head that her greyhound wants to chase small, fluffy white things. Yes, she does. Um, but she can distinguish between a bunny rabbit and a dog, and so Emma's 
Emma kind of created this um, this behavior around small, fluffy white dogs because she gets anxious, tightens up on the leash, and okay. uh, thinks that Mabel's going to kill it. Well, so Mabel becomes dog reactive, but only to these small, fluffy white dogs. Oh, wow. Um, she texted me the other day, and she says, my neighbor took um, Mabel out on a walk and sent me pictures of her meeting a small, fluffy, white dog. She goes, is it me? I was like, first of all, I love you. But <laughs> second of all, yes. <laughs> so I, I told her, now that you've seen that, trust your dog. Have some confidence and treat these small, fluffy, white dogs like it's a Doberman. Right. And Mabel will. Yep. <laughs> so it, it's... I mean, we, we preach it all the time, but your relationship with your dog is what... Absolutely. It all it all starts with us. Yeah. So... All righty. Cool. Well, thank you, everyone, for, for joining us. With This was a, a quick one today. We've got uh, a couple others coming, coming in the pipeline here, so... If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to listen and subscribe, too. We're available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you can listen to podcasts. And don't forget to check out our videos on YouTube and my Instagram, at Marina, the number four Good Dog Workshop. This has been Brian and Marina. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.